Hey there, and welcome to episode 15 of On Your Terms. I'm your host, Sam Vanderbilen. I am so excited to bring you this episode today all about, it was like a little bit of traveling back in time when I started my business what was going on in the marketing landscape, you know, what was going on in online business. I feel like things are so different. And I shared today in in this episode of, you know, where things I think were when I started my own online business, you know, how people were marketing, how they were promoting themselves on social media versus what's going on now. What do I actually see working on the ground? Where do I think things are headed in terms of marketing your business. And more than anything today, I think we talked about authenticity and being your true self, but what that really looks like. What does it look like to share different parts of yourself? Do you need to talk about all parts of your life? Do you have to show your face all the time? I get into all of that in this episode. So in case uh, we're new friends around here, I'm Sam Vanderwillen. I'm an attorney turned entrepreneur, and I help online coaches and course creators legally protect and grow their online businesses with my DIY legal templates and my ultimate bundle program. So here on On Your Terms each week, I, yes, of course, share fresh legal tips with you about how to legally protect your business in kind of my like cozy style, my remind yourself. Um, but I also have episodes that teach you how to actually grow your business on your terms because that is super important to me. I want you to live your life. I want you to grow a business that you actually want to grow, not the one you see on Instagram. So we're really going to get into so much of that today in this episode. I can't wait. So let's get started. So it makes me sort feel like sort of old in the online space to even talk about this. And there are people who've been doing this like way longer than me, but I feel like I've been doing this now been in the online business space for like five, six years, and I've been doing it just long enough that I feel like I've seen a lot change. And I find myself thinking back to the beginning when I started and just realizing like how different it is online and how many different people there are and and different strategies and different platforms and like so much stuff. We are in a constantly changing landscape. And whether you've been doing this for six days, six months, or six years, you've probably seen a lot of changes too, right? At the very least, you probably feel like every time you go onto social media or you open up your email or whatever, you're being hit with some new tip about like, this isn't cool anymore. This isn't the way to do it. or This doesn't work. This is an old method. Like just yesterday, it was so funny. In the same day, I saw two different posts on Instagram one telling people that it's really important that they're maximizing all 30 hashtags. And the other one was a post from a different person saying, max two hashtags, and now it has to go in your caption because Instagram announced that now it's not going to show people this stuff from the comment, but from the caption. And it was just like, oh my God, it's so funny. Like you would need like, I, I don't know, some sort of like status meter every day to tell you like hashtags are in, hashtags are out captions are in, captions are out, reels are in, TikTok's in. Like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, honestly. (laughs) But it's also just the way that this landscape works, right? Online business is constantly changing. And yes, of course, the like downside negative side is that it feels exhausting. The flip side to that, that I think has been really fun is that it's always changing and that's made things kind of exciting in a challenging way. I can understand why it wouldn't feel so exciting if you were on the front end of it and you're trying to build an audience and everything keeps changing. But that's why I feel like if you haven't listened to episode 14 yet, last week I talked about 
you know, how I go about picking platforms, which ones I recommend, like what kind of content you should be producing and then like how you should be sharing it there. So I would definitely give that a listen, but it's also why you really do have to keep blinders on. Oh my goodness. You really have to stay focused and like keep doing what you want to do. Because if you went off and chased every single marketing strategy that was like of the moment, you would be exhausted, broke, and not have really a successful business because you wouldn't build a dedicated following. So, I mean, just in the last six years, I've seen changes to obviously the platforms themselves. I can't believe this, but when I started my first online business, a health coaching business, Instagram stories weren't a thing. I mean, the industry itself has obviously changed because it's exploded. Like, I feel like not only is it so much bigger, but there are all these, it's like there's like a web or a network that's for online business now. Like there are tools and businesses and products and programs and everything that's like to support them, right? Like I remember in the beginning telling a friend who was a fitness coach, like, hey, you should think about becoming a fitness coach for online business owners. Cause like, it's really hard to sit at your computer all day and like record all this content. And how do you fit in exercise and all of this stuff? And she was like, really, do you think there's an audience for that? And now that's like a big thing, right? There are a lot of people who their niche is, are, are they entrepreneurs? Like that's actually a thing, right? So the industry has changed you start to see business coaches for business coaches. I mean, there's a business coach for like literally everything. There's a coach for everything. Everything has changed. How people consume information has definitely changed, right? I feel like Instagram used to be like a diary slash blog post backup, I would call it. Um, you know, it's funny because I feel like I've personally never really gotten off the blog train. Like there are a handful of blogs that I really enjoy reading on like a weekly basis, essentially. They tend to be more like lifestyle. Like I love like Cup of Joe and Cupcakes and Cashmere. And I read um, a ton of food blogs like Pinch of Yum and Half-Baked Harvest and all of these different food blogs that talk about food and this kind of stuff. So I have those bookmarked. I check them probably like once a week. I try to catch up and have something like cozy. And I still look forward to that. I don't know. Am I alone? Tell me if you like listening to blog posts too. I'd be very, I mean, if you like reading blog posts too, I'd be so curious um, because I don't know. I'm like, I know that probably their readership has gone down, but I still really like it. It's a nice, like quiet way. I feel like to get to know a brand or a blog, but I know that a lot of the way that people have consumed information has changed with, you know, it used to be, yes, yeah, so blog focused. There was a time that like YouTube was super popular, you know, um, obviously podcasts have had their moments, but all these things continue to be popular. I just think that they've all had like their moment in the spotlight, you know, but definitely how people consume information now versus how they used to has changed. So people used to be fine reading long form content, maybe had a bit more of a attention span, a patience, um, you know, an understanding for the way that you would present content or something like that. Now, you know, you definitely see the trend of everything going towards short microform content, which we'll get into that in a second. And I know that people like have gotten used to and kind of fatigued by a lot of the things they see in marketing. So, you know, even within my own business, obviously I only work with people who have their own businesses. So they're, they're like in the biz, right? I'm B2B. I'm selling to other business owners, other businesses. And even within our own industry, people are savvy. 
They know that when you call something a workshop, it's a webinar. You can call it a masterclass. You can call whatever you want. It's a webinar. Um, they know that that means that at the end, they're going to get pitched to. They know that they're going to receive emails. Like People know how things work. And the savviness, has, the savvy factor has definitely gone up in, over the last like five, six years because I think of a lot of times because people are so often doing things like exactly the same way. It becomes so formulaic that people know what to expect. But the reason I wanted to talk with you about this today is not just to like reminisce on old times, which would be fun, but it's really because I think it's a good lesson in seeing like, if you keep doing things, you, you could see it as being really annoying that things keep changing and you, we, can we can sit around and convince about the algorithm all day long, right? It's so annoying, this dang algorithm. But I think that this teaches us a really valuable business lesson, which is that if we keep doing things the way that we were always doing them, you could run into a wall, right? And I talked with you in episode six all about staying nimble and seeing like the need to stay nimble, the ability to stay nimble as a positive thing and not feeling so like, oh, I have to keep changing, right? But also, like I said, if you go back and listen to episode 14, where I talk about creating an organic marketing strategy, I also think you would maybe not feel like you do have to change all the time because like the solid three that I talk about, the solid three, um, the core three ways to market your business and your content have not and will not change, right? They're pretty massive. And so you want to go back and catch those three in episode 14 if you haven't, but those haven't changed and they, and they won't change and you don't need them to change. You could keep doing that. And also it's okay if there is another thing, I, the reason I want to talk with you about this today it's okay if there's a trend and you don't participate in it. I am officially giving you your permission slip to say like, cool, Clubhouse is a thing. It's not for me. That's okay. Cool, TikTok's a thing. It's not my thing. That's okay. It's not going to make or break your business, right? Because you're not on TikTok, because you're not on Clubhouse, because you don't have a YouTube channel or podcast or whatever else, it's okay. You have to choose something, of course. But if it were up to me, you would choose something that would actually keep working for you and your business when you're not doing stuff. Not a TikTok video, probably, but something that is Googleable, something that people can find, something that you can turn into multiple forms of content that is also searchable. That would be awesome. But it's also just okay if like some of those things don't speak to you, right? I started a YouTube channel years ago, and I like video. I'm fine on video. I would still like to, and I'm considering like you know, restarting or nourishing my YouTube channel. But when I started it was around when my dad got leukemia. And I just so happened to not be in a place that I felt like getting all dolled up on video, right? And I'm not somebody who tends to feel like so super confident that I'm like, I'll just get on video anyway. And I don't care what I look like. Like I get nervous because I get <laughs> feedback as I call it, quote unquote, you know, people make comments and people take digs. And I don't know that I'm the type of person that can always handle that, or at least I'm not in the place that I can right now, right? So like for me at that moment, it just didn't work. That's okay. And I had to let all of these people's like commentary just fall by the wayside of like, you have to be on YouTube. You have to have a presence here. You have to be doing this. You have to be doing that. Mm, you don't really, right? So again, I'm going to reference it like 12 times, but go back to episode 14 because what you really have to do is just find your strategy and stick with it and be consistent and commit to that six months on that platform to see how it goes um, before you make any sort of like drastic moves. So 
I think that it would be awesome for us to talk about uh, real quick, like what were some of the specifics, like the specific marketing strategies that people have been doing, used to do over the last couple of years that I just don't think work anymore or aren't going to work in the future. And then I'm going to round out today's episode by sharing with you what is working good now. What's working well now? What do I think will continue to grow? Where should you spend your time, money, and attention? So when I started, it was popular, for example, to structure all of your posts in the same way. I had taken this like business coaches course one time and she had this like magical formula. And then it was like all of a sudden, she was kind of like the hot business coach of the moment. She's no longer in business, but she was like, all of a sudden everybody was writing their posts like her. And it was so funny because once you got this formula down at the time, you would then go and read all these people's posts on Instagram and everybody was writing it the same way. Everybody was also writing those kind of like diary sub blog post type posts on Instagram. That was really the main way to market your business on Instagram. And then what I started seeing happening too is that people were also structuring all their programs the same way. And obviously I still see this today, but it's like, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but people tend to think of whatever they see in the online business landscape is like the full definition of what you can do instead of just thinking of it as an example. So just because somebody runs a program the same way, or people tend to structure their group programs the same way, that is not the definition of how to run a group program. It's just an example of how someone is running a group program. And so it shouldn't be the box that you try to fit your program into. It should just be like the entry point, right? So you can think way different. You can think outside the box. You can turn the box into a circle, whatever you need to do. But people in the past have really focused on like, I have a 12-week group program. It does this, this, and this. It's like all the same. And I think that is by like by the wayside. I definitely come up, came up in the era of PDFs and freebies. Freebies were like obnoxiously available in, in 2016, 2007. It was like everyone had a PDF and it almost seemed like it was like a race to see who could make it the longest right? Whose PDF was like 30 pages and, you know, calling them juicy, for example. I I remember that being a really big thing. That was huge. I also definitely came up in this, I feel like in this group of people who just constantly were talking about how much money they made. And what I really saw back then that that I'll talk about in a few minutes is different now is that they didn't provide any sort of context. It was a lot of just like blank, like blanket statements. Like I made a million dollars. I'm a millionaire, even though you made a million dollars in revenue, you know, this kind of stuff. So there were, there were a lot more just like kind of blanket statements without any accountability. I definitely didn't see any sort of social responsibility or companies talking about like what they stood for, what their values were having mission statements, having diversity and inclusion statements that you actually follow, stuff like that. And I definitely saw back, you know, in the day and before a bit too much of worshiping people in this space. And of course, unfortunately, that still goes on. We still have very much like a celebrity culture. But I did think that one of the things that happened in the summer of 2020, I look, I am not a fan of like straight up cancel culture. I believe in like accountability and treating people like humans. I believe in canceling behavior for sure and, and canceling the way people act and things that they say and, you know, supporting that any further. I don't believe in like canceling people. So a lot of people did get canceled in 2020. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is like, 
I, I saw a lot of calling up and calling out of things that weren't okay and that hadn't been okay for a long time. But for whatever reason, people just never said anything. And so I thought that one thing we started to see in summer of 2020 was this kind of rising up of people being like, you know what? I don't worship you in that way. Like, it's okay and it's safe for me to say something. So that definitely has shifted. I know that in the past, we've looked a lot to like big, big audience sizes as a size of legitimacy. That was something that I think is of the past. Um, I'll talk a little bit about where I think that's going now. Summits and big speaking gigs were huge from like 2016 through 2020. I mean, obviously the pandemic put a big, um, it squished all like in-person events and big speaking stuff, but um, summits were really, really big. Again, I think that's another example of something that people like got used to. They got fatigued. They knew that that meant that they were going to be put on a million people's email list and like people didn't always show up for these things. Like it was just a lot. The other thing that used to be so popular was like the launch, launch, launch mode. I remember going to conferences and being in like business group coaching programs in the in the very, very beginning of my my business. And like the whole thing was dedicated to mapping out your launch and 90-day launch and how do we plan for this launch? And everything was super launch heavy. And that perhaps is like the thing that's shifted the most. So if that's all the stuff that was happening or stuff that I don't think is working well anymore, what kind of stuff is working better now? So the very first thing that I think is absolutely crucial to success nowadays is genuine authenticity. Authentic authentic authenticity. Can I say that? Authentic authenticity. <laughs> so not produced authenticity, not performative authenticity, not like, guys, I'm sharing. This is like a really vulnerable share for me. And like, it's all waterworks and drama for the gram, but actual authenticity, which is like being your goofy self, right? It's not just crying. It's not just like sharing the hard things. It's being your goofy self. It's sharing what you're actually going through, sharing not all of it, but like maybe parts of it, right? sharing um, how things are shifting for you, something that you've learned, right? And I tend to like to share these kind of after I've learned them, but like maybe well after, right? When I'm a little less emotional about it and more like I can just share this now as an experience, not, not necessarily as a journal, like as I'm going through it, but being authentic as to your true experience. And when you have an online business, even if it's not named after you or whatever, this does require showing certain parts of yourself and your life um, that allow you to show up more fully. So, for example, I have chosen to talk about, and, and by the way, I only talk about 1% of what like is actually happening, but I've chosen to share the fact that my dad has leukemia and some of the like stuff that's come up as he's been sick or Sometimes I've shared when I've been like in, in chemo with him and sitting with him and I'm doing work or sharing about how I've gone through bouts of like serious depression over him being sick, right? How dark it was for me after I found out that he was sick, all of this stuff. So I've chosen to share that, not because I thought that that's like the cool thing to do or because I wanted attention or anything like that. But what happened for me, and this is just the way that I am, this might not be the way that you are, but what happened for me is that I felt like I couldn't be my true self if I couldn't tell you at least part of what was going on, right? So it would, to me, be the equivalent of like meeting up with a friend for coffee and, and them asking me like, how are things going? And me just being like, good, everything's great. I run a business. Everything's amazing. 
Like nothing bad to report, you know? But really I have this giant thing happening in the background. I would feel so tense and like awkward and stilted and I don't know, just not myself, right? That's how I am. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I am a verbal processor. Like I have to get things out. And so once I understood that my dad was going to have cancer, I I only thought he would be here for, he was only given 11 months to live. He's still here uh, two and a half years later. He, once I realized he was going to be around, I was like, I have to be able to share when you know, I'm having a hard day or he's going through another round of chemo or like last October, I found out that it had spread to his lymph nodes and his chest and stuff. And I just didn't know what else to do. I don't know how to handle it well, or (laughs) I don't know if I handle it well or anything like that, but I just knew that it was like the thing to allow me to be able to talk about other stuff. Cause like, I couldn't tell you the three website policies that you need to have on your website if I couldn't tell you like, hey, by the way, my dad has cancer and it's like really hard for me, obviously, and I'm very sad about it. And so like, okay, now I can teach you the three things you need on your website. That's just how I am, right? So whatever whatever it allows you to open up and to share those other parts of you or to be present and be the leader, be the teacher for your audience, like I would suggest considering sharing parts of it. Now, my friend Naomi of the Lifestyle Edit, who's a genius and just one of my best friends, she always says that not everyone is entitled to all parts of you, though. So a lot of times people get fussy about this when I start talking about sharing about different parts of your life, sharing your face, sharing your struggles, sharing like where you live, all this kind of stuff. People will be like, oh, I don't want... It's not all of it, right? Just like if you knew the full story of what was going on with my dad, if you knew the full story of what's going on with me as he's been sick, if you knew what it's really been like, if you were behind closed doors, if you were a fly on the wall, you'd be shocked. Trust me. But I don't want to share all of that, nor is it my story to tell. So everyone's not entitled to all parts of that. Just like I don't share all the other parts uh, in my life, right? I don't share certain aspects of family stuff or friend stuff or I don't know, whatever else comes up. So you don't need to share everything, but I think whatever will allow you to show up more fully and authentically would be helpful. And that is working. I don't like to call it like very well because it sounds like it's intentional, but in the sense of just being your true self, right? And I think that what used to happen that doesn't so much anymore is that it used to be, it used to feel like on social media, it was a bit more of a popularity contest where it was like everybody was trying to be the cool girl. Whereas now it feels like you can be more of yourself and you can find your crew, right? If like you're super into like Harry Potter, you can like share that and everybody, you're going to find a bunch of other people who are super pumped about it or people who aren't, but they like other parts of you, you know, and they're not going to be fussed about it. There are people who are sharing like really sexy, racy content. That's their thing. And they find people who love that stuff. There are people sharing about tra- like world travel and just being their selves. I don't know. I, I don't even like know how else to say it other than because it seems like such a simple concept to just like be yourself. Something that I've found just as a little sidebar here is something that I've found as an online entrepreneur over the last five or six years is that part of the issue that I ran into with this was that coming out of corporate and coming out of like just having been in a rat race to get to be a lawyer and to to graduate from law school and then like take the bar and start working at a firm was that I hadn't really spent the time figuring out kind of who I was and I didn't have the kind of like childhood or home situation that really allowed that to flourish at all. So 
this experience with having this business has really given me this like beautiful opportunity to learn more about myself, to develop hobbies, to make better friends than I've had in my whole life. And so I just wanted to mention that so that you understand that this is like part of the process as well, right? Developing in this way. Another thing that I think is so much different now than it used to be is focusing on the depth and quality of your connections relationships, audience, you know, all of that versus audience size, right? So we used to be so purely based on numbers, but um, even now, you know, companies are super savvy. Like people you try to hire are super savvy where they'll be like, yeah, that's great that you have like 80,000 followers, but no one's commenting on their stuff or no one seems to be like sharing about their content online or no one's engaging, no one's commenting on these things. Like sometimes I look at people's like posts and videos and these things and there's nothing there. Right. So I'm more personally, like if I was looking to hire someone, I'm not, and I don't care what they do. I'm not so interested in like how many followers that's not the end of the story anymore, because we know now that there are tactics people use, there's buying followers, there's all kinds of nonsense that people do but what they can't manufacture a genuine depth, like in-depth relationships that they've um, established with people, right? And a lot of times you can see that. So personally, I would focus on the depth and quality of your connections and relationships versus any sort of vanity metrics for sure. So I mentioned earlier that launches used to be huge and pretty much everyone I know got really, really burnt out quickly on the launch strategy. Even if they ran like a group program, they launched a certain number of times in a year. And then what do you know, one after another, everybody was just like, man, this is exhausting, right? So definitely a consistent evergreen strategy has become really, really popular. I feel like over the years, it's only, you know, I've only gotten more and more messages from people being like, I want a business like yours. I just want to sell something. I want to create something and sell it. And my main job is just to sell it, but not to like relaunch and reinvent the wheel and get so many more clients and, you know, all of this stuff. So I think that evergreen stuff has just become more popular because what I hope is the reason is because people want, people value the lifestyle more than all this other stuff that you know, people used to focus on. So people, I think, are more concerned about having freedom and flexibility and actually making an impact, maybe building generational wealth. But, you know, you're probably not going to do that on a smaller scale or one-to-one scale. So I think that that has become the more popular strategy, honestly. Another big shift that I've seen is that now it really matters whether your product or program actually delivers results. So this is something I talked about a ton in um, episode 13, where I talked about creating a product that got people great results and wins so that they could become your little foot soldiers and talk about your product and program. And that's how you build true word of mouth, but word of mouth that spreads like wildfire, right? So I think that the quality of people's products, like I think you hear about it a lot more now when, you know, somebody says, oh, I took that course. It didn't, it didn't help. Whereas before people just used to be like, well, it's, it's so-and-so she's like super popular. She's huge. So like her course must be amazing. And I think that now you just have too many people in the space. There are too many other options. If your product is not good, it's not going to last. It's not going to be talked about in that way, in that way that you need it to in, in terms of spreading like wildfire. 
Something else that works really well now is having a face to the brand name. So a lot of people who will buy my ultimate bundle program or buy one of my legal templates, they'll reach out to me on social media and I'll check out their social pages or something. And sometimes I don't even know who the people are. Like there's no sign of a name, let alone a face, right? And I think there's this desire to or maybe intention to start a business that we think is like more legitimate. It's like, no, I'm starting a legit business. It's not like a social, it's not like a social media business. It's not a, it's not a personal business, right? I'm not an influencer. Like somebody's always trying to <laughs> flow stuff downhill. So I, I feel like there's this kind of thought that if you want to be, appear serious or like a real business, then you make sure that you don't ever show your face. But I was actually thinking about this the other day when I purchased Olive and June, uh, like I purchased like an Olive and June nail kit. So if you don't know already, Olive and June is this really cool, like natural nail company where you can, you can get nail polishes, but you can also get these like nail kits where you can do your nails at home. It actually works. It lasts a long time, yada, yada. So Olive and June was actually started by a woman named Sarah Gibson Tuttle. And Sarah does a really interesting job, I think, of marketing Olive and June, which is now this like really, really huge company. But she does it as the face of the brand. And I think that's a really cool way for somebody like her, for that kind of business to connect with their audience. Like there are a lot of nail companies out there. There are a lot of nail polish brands out there. And why should somebody pay them perhaps more? I don't know, like compared to other companies, if they're more expensive or something like that, but there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of demand for people's attention, right? And the way to create and cultivate a more like genuine and significant connection is through the use of not only they do a great job also of, of sharing consumer generated content. So people sharing like how they're using the product and showing you examples. I think that's a really great way too, but also through Sarah and through her own social media strategy. And I just kind of watch from afar and I'm always like amazed at how she's like a little champion for her business. You can tell she's still so like involved and so passionate, even though this business is so huge, right? They're in Target and everything. They have all these big collaborations with celebrities and stuff. But you can tell that she's so passionate about the brand and seeing her enthusiasm for it, let alone literally just watching her content, which is always like educational, like showing you how to do your own manicure. Like the other day I saw her do like a French tips, you know, one, or she was teaching people how to protect the tips of their nails so that because they break all the time. And seeing her and watching her not only as a business owner, but just like a passionate <laughs> consumer of her own brand made me feel really dedicated and excited to like hop on board and try it. Right. So I think that for any of you who think that you can run this kind of business, if you want to run an online business, it's all going to be off of social media and social media is visual and you need to be present and visual, right? It doesn't mean again, that you need to share every, you don't need to tell people when you and your, your partner got into a fight, you don't need to like be crying on screen. All of that stuff is not, that's not what I'm talking about, but there have to be a few things like, so if you have a couple of hobbies, share one of them, right? If, if like gardening, for example, is like one of your hobbies, talk about that. Show people that you're a human, show people what you look like, let them know your name, let them get to know you. People want to do business with other people, not robots, not little squares on a screen, you know? So let people get to know you. I feel like the big elephant in the room of what's, you know, working better now, what's what's really popular right now is video. And we could have like a whole episode dedicated to video, but overall, 
video is hot, 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 hot. And it's been hot for a long time, but I think it's only going to continue going in that direction. What's working right now, though, are these like micro pieces of content through video that are educational and that could lead to the next step. So let's say, for example, you had a podcast, maybe you would create a reel on that podcast episode. And then the the call to action at the end of that reel would be for somebody to go listen to the full episode. You always have to remember that whenever we're dealing with these social platforms, it's very difficult to get people off of these platforms to go somewhere else, right? So it's asking a lot of somebody on Instagram to click out of Instagram, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts, or go over to YouTube and watch your YouTube episode. Like It's very hard to get people to leave where they are and go somewhere else. There's a reason they're on Instagram. They're probably scrolling or <laughs> they they enjoy video content or they like micro pieces of content. That's why they're watching your stories, why they're watching reels, right? It's very hard. So you're probably going to have to not only grab their attention, but really give them a reason why they would want to leave that platform to go listen to something or watch something or read something that's more in depth than wherever they are now, right? So you can have fun with it. There are also other ways that you can use that micro content, that micro video content to connect with people, to teach them something, to boost engagement, right? To let them know about your offers. <laughs> God forbid we sell, <laughs> but but letting people know about your offers um, and what you have going on in your business. So video content is not going anywhere. I definitely think that having fun with educational content, especially micro content, is only going to get more and more popular. Okay, so there are two more things that I think are working really well right now or not working anymore. Um, the What's working right now is being a bit more honest and transparent about whatever the promotion or sale or whatever the thing is that you've got going on in your business. So I don't think it's working anymore. Um, and I would love to just see people stop doing it. But these like fake out sales or coupons that's like, this is ending now. It's never coming back. But you know that it is. Or when people are like, there are only six spots left, but you know that they're hosting like a webinar that's open to an unlimited number of people. I don't think that that's working anymore. So I think just cutting it out, you know, you don't need to tell people there are an unlimited amount of seats. Like I think just cut that part out and just don't, you just don't need to talk about that, right? People don't need to know that. Um, and there are other ways to create urgency, but also at the end of the day, whatever you're talking about, your product, your freebie, your thing has to be interesting in and of itself to attract people and to hold people's attention. I think what is not cool anymore and what's not working anymore is this like fake scare, scarcity, like fake tactics that people are using. So I would focus more on actually highlighting like what someone's going to get out of it. What's someone going to get out of going to listen to your podcast? What's someone going to get out of joining your program? Not like there are only two spots left. Like I think that stuff's just kind of gone by the wayside. Okay. And last but not least, something that I think is working very well now, and I guess kind of goes hand in hand, hand in hand with the authenticity piece that we talked about, is doing things your own way or on your terms. See how I did that? Um, I swear I didn't put that on purpose, but <laughs> in general, I think it's popular, but it actually works to just do things your own way, whether that's designing your products to the unique spin that you might have on your craft, on the thing that you offer, to the way that you run your business, to your content, to your like branding, everything. People want to see you living your fullest expression of yourself and your truth. I feel like that, you know, phrase gets kind of like overused and misused, but 
people really just want to see you being yourself. And that's what's going to attract the people that you truly want to work with, right? And when you're being your fullest self, you're going to attract people who also want to do the same. And that's going to create these like beautiful client relationships. And I think people at the end of the day probably want to be like you, right? They want to be a little bit closer to where you're at. And that means you need to share where you're at and where you've been and how much you understand where they're at and where they've been and where they want to go. But it's not like it used to be, right? It used to be that people would do this by a lot of aspirational marketing strategies. Unfortunately, there still are a number of people who do this, but it used to be that sharing the picture of your Lambo or sharing the picture of the big house in in Bali that you rented out with like all your other entrepreneur friends or, you know, whatever it was, like this kind of fake life that they were promoting, right? Um, almost like influencer style life was the thing that they used to attract people. And I think maybe in summary of everything that we've talked about today, it's just that doesn't work anymore because it's not telling people how your product actually delivers results. It's not authentic, right? It's not the truest expression of yourself. They're the fullest expression of yourself and your truth. People can see through it. People can see that it's fake. And also it makes you seem like you're just doing things everybody else's way, right? Not your own way. I think people really appreciate somebody who stands up and is like, yeah, I know that's popular. Like, this is the way I'm going to do it, right? Or this is me. Like, that just, like, doesn't work for me. So, you know, I always joke that this would be, like, me showing up on on social media with, like, a full face of makeup and, like, coiffed hair. And, like, it would just be weird. And it, and it would make me feel weird and probably look weird to other people. And I'm not going to show up the same way. I wouldn't deliver the content the same way. And it wouldn't land the same way. Like, people have written to me and said, I appreciate you've built this business, like, wearing a hoodie half the time and have your hair up and just like don't care so much about being like perfectly coiffed, right? All the time. So I think in general, people just want to see us being ourselves because other people want to be themselves. And so you doing that, you're giving them permission to do it for themselves, right? Which is really like a beautiful gift um, that you can give other people. So I hope that this episode was helpful in talking a little bit about where I think marketing is and where it's headed and all that good stuff. I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on today's episode. I'd love for you to send me a DM on Instagram at Sam Vanderweelen to let me know what you think. And I really appreciate you listening to this episode and every episode of On Your Terms next week. I'm so excited. I've got a guest interview coming up um, for you next week that I was someone who I just love. And I think she's so cool. And she is somebody who's going to teach us a lot about self-talk and confidence and so many other things. I just can't wait to share next week's episode with you. So make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode with that special guest interview. I can't wait to tell you who it is. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderreelen.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderreelen.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at samvanderreelen and send me a DM to say hi. Bye.